it's incredible. How has your morning been, Camille? It has been very short so far. Am I really loud? Because I feel like this no. mic is okay. It's like right in my yeah. face, and I'm like, this is too close. Um, no, no, it's, it's been good. good. It's been a good morning. I just kind of woke up, made coffee. It's ten eight. It's like ten twenty here. Yeah. So, and I'm a I'm a late riser. Yeah, you are. Typically. <laughs> <laughs> um, How about okay, you? How's your so- day been? Yeah, good. I've been in a workshop for the last few hours um, on like startup stuff um, for another project. So uh, yeah, lots of pans in the fire at the moment. That's awesome. Uh, Yeah, it's good. It's really good. Um, So you're the first recording for this uh, podcast. Um, So I've got like a rough idea of how I want to structure them. Um, But I've been like very, I've been like very... um, quite adminish from the start so yeah. I've sent everyone the same google invite with it and I was like just getting my pr- my procedure down yep. um so uh for everyone listening Camille and I met uh on the Cambodian island that I had the idea for this app on um and so the first few of these is going to be people that I know um <laughs> so I just wanted to like start them off with like the same kind of structure that I'll do for like people that I don't know. Um, so interestingly enough, you were also the first person that I met that used period pants. And I was very interested in this. Yes. That's that's right. I mean, I think you might have been the first person that had a moon cup as well, but like oh, I was it, more interested. Yeah, it didn't yeah. work. That one didn't work out for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I got the period pants now. Um and I'm quite a fan, like, I'm really, I'm sold on the idea of, like, essentially just not doing anything extra to my day, just putting on these pants. They're amazing. They're the most convenient. Um, I mean, people always ask if it feels like you're wearing a pad, and it's absolutely not the same thing. No. Not even close. No. Yep. Absolutely not. Um, so I got uh, Modi Body, I think they're called, Modi Body. Okay. And I got a set for me and a set for my friend's kid she's 13 and both of us are like they're the best things that I've ever yeah <laughs> I mean I wish had. that existed when I, I wish they existed when I was 13 and just got exactly. my period but I mean if I could come into the period game and <laughs> like yeah. not even know what a pad is that would have yeah. been great and that's actually quite a cool point like people that is the next generation like they won't ever have to deal with it yeah the eco-friendly option is already available and like it's so much more cost effective and you already have them like you don't have to go to a shop to get one every single month like no. it's amazing it's yeah they're amazing. great i will um, say like i will say i probably have to buy like a new set they do have a shelf life <laughs> oh really yeah so i don't know how long you've had yours for i've had mine for two two months i think three months maybe oh yeah okay so i've had mine for I mean, I guess it's like normal underwear and like they have a shelf life mm-hmm. too. So I've sure. had mine since like, what, what, when did I meet you? 2017. When was the last time I hung out? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I met you in 2017 and I'm pretty sure I had them then. I definitely had them then. Oh, well, that's actually a fairly so, decent, I mean, actually, if you're keeping yeah, pants, yeah, keeping pants for three years, <laughs> that's fairly good. Like. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> yeah, I should probably just replace those anyway. <laughs> nah, like if you, a couple of holes and you're still fine, like. Yeah, just no holes, they're, they're nah. sturdy on that front. It's more, um, it's more on like the. They start to like get a little bit of like a wet rag smell, like not oh. not like period smell, but it starts to smell like you know like a wet cloth. Yeah, it gets damp one too many times. Yeah, it starts to give off a little bit of that smell like mm-hmm. halfway through the day of you wearing them. So it's fine if you're at home and you don't really care, but yeah, if you gotta go in public, I would probably not. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> the reason, so the reason that I'm like falling out of love with the moon cup is because of the public thing, and like it's not been such a big what? deal the last like six months, right? But see, I had an issue where I wasn't correct in at one point about like maybe end of last year, and we were out, and I was in a public bathroom in a restaurant. The sink was outside the cubicle. <gasps> And I had like it was a disaster. It was a literal disaster. We were in quite a fancy place as well. Oh no! <laughs> so I couldn't go out with like blood-stained fingers no. and like try and <laughs> fix my problem. Yeah, it, 
fucking horrible. And and the cup that I had was probably too big for me as well. And um, so I was having like serious issues because I remember speaking to you about it, and you're like, you've got to, there's a technique. There is. You've got to learn your technique, and like you'll perfect it. And it took maybe three months for me to like nail that. And I was very happy. I'm like, oh, okay, I've got my technique. Everything's sound. But I work from home a lot, and I realised that I haven't actually tested this in the wild yet. And then oh. when I did, it wasn't. I didn't do a good job so I'd left the house and it wasn't in right I went to the restaurant I got to the bathroom and it was like a bit of a disaster and then realized that the sink was outside (laughs) and I'm fucking raging like (laughs) I'm so sorry that's the worst (laughs) what's the worst it's the it's the story that would like make people not buy them and yeah like so that's why I was like okay I need to have a backup plan like because this cup is okay if I'm like in the house yeah I couldn't get mine to like be comfortable like I I tried two sizes um and for me it was like this this is such an overshare but it is what it is it was like any every time I wore them I was in this like weird state of like being in half being in pain half being just like permanently turned on ah mine's was needing to pee Oh, okay, so yeah, mine <laughs> I was, know mine was like same. this hurts, and then a little bit like, a, ooh, if a light breeze goes through my legs, I might have a good time. <laughs> That's way better than mine. <laughs> um, I I just needed to pee a lot, and I kept getting told that I wasn't putting it in far enough, so it was pushing on my bladder. Your bladder, yeah, that so would I'm make you're like, the side. <laughs> yeah, you're you're nailing the G spot there, right? Yeah. <laughs> And it was like the, the like little, I don't know what they're called, like the little tab thing that sticks out that you would like Mm -hmm. pull on. It was like, I don't know if mine was like too long and I probably should have cut it, but it was also just like, it was like rubbing in, you know, the right spot. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And every time I walked, I was like, oh. (laughs) Yeah. You know, there's something there. Yeah, no, the needing to pee thing was the reason that I changed sizes because yep. I assumed that it was too wide and so like it was pushing me outwards and then that's why my bladder was always feeling like it was getting pushed on and that I was desperate to pee. And it was just that that feeling of like I could pee right now all the time and it yeah. was never it was never going away. The smaller size is better. I got a salty one. Um which came in some beautiful packaging and it's smaller and it's softer than the previous one okay. um yeah because so i am finding it really hard yeah the deal was like it was it was a mission the first few times yeah. for sure i mean i did a fair amount of shopping around online like trying to figure it out and there's some that look like they're like they're solid like i don't know how that works like there's some no. that are like carved over and they're they look like a like a little like cauldron <laughs> and, but they look solid like I'd, no, I'd, I don't I zero idea how that works <laughs> zero idea because like there's two things that's gonna happen to you like <laughs> oh yeah, I, yeah. I, no. no thank you <laughs> um so yeah, the the kind of structure that I want to take for these podcasts is that like there's certain there's certain people that come to me and they they definitely want to talk about a certain topic. But for like you and some other people, I think that we've we've just got the same wavelength and um it's an interesting way for us to keep catching up. Yeah. Um but there's a <laughs> there's a because we're not good at that. No, um, terrible. <laughs> no. So there's um there's interesting stuff that you've done recently that I think would be like poignant for this podcast because of the aim of what I want to build with the app. And you've recently done a UX course. Uh-huh. So I so use our experience for everyone else, but there is some techie people that love what Moon Cycles is doing and I want it to be for them as well. So um so user experience is a huge part of like building an app. Um, and I'm interested to find out about what you did on your course, how you found it, like what you're feeling about it now. Uh, my course was definitely a very in-depth crash course. Uh-huh. Um, it was, it's, you know, what they call a boot camp. So it was yeah. four, four months of very intensive learning and projects. 
solid, consistent deadlines. Um, we learned everything from the research part. So our, our one big project, our capstone project was basically an end to end process. So we went cool. through everything from, you know, brainstorming a problem space, um, into our hypothesis, into our research, market research interviews, uh, then into prototyping and ideation, full on into user testing. Um, we used Envision primarily oh. for for our stitching and for our prototypes, um, but we also used um, Pop Marvel by Marvel. Oh. Uh, yeah. Okay. I don't know it. Okay, so that one's really cool. So that one is great for like pen and paper. So mm -hmm. before we moved into like Envision, and we primarily used Sketch and Figma for our design. Mm -hmm. Um, but when you're just doing your, your preliminary sketches on pen, um, on a piece of paper, you can take a screenshot or you take a photo with your phone mm -hmm. and you can basically stitch it together. So you're just taking pictures of your cool. little hand-drawn prototypes, stitch it together. You send the link to people and that way you can get, before you put in all of that effort into designing it digitally, you can like scratch out like four versions of a flow quickly yeah. stitch it together, send it to people and just get that like immediate feedback so that you kind of know yeah, you're on the right go. track. So that was, yeah, that one was really cool. I mean, we also did heuristic evaluations, which I thought was really fantastic on like the analytical side of mm -hmm. looking at apps and websites and seeing where their functionality and usability isn't doing so well and where it can be improved. And that was great experience on the side of like the more subtle changes that need to happen because it's not always a glaring misstep. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's just little tiny tweaks that can make a world of difference in an experience. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what's your thoughts for the future? Oof. In terms of like UX, what, yeah, UX, what, yeah. what do you want to do with it? Yeah. Oh, I definitely want to. I'm super into it. I'm really glad that I took the program. It Nice. I've gone through a lot of different things in my life, like taking a lot of paths and journeys into different industries and jobs. Um, and this is the first time I think I've studied something and thrown myself into something that f actually feels like a good fit. And actually feels like something nice. I want to do and would be super happy doing. So I'm definitely pursuing yeah, regularly. jobs there. I mean, the field right now is, well, COVID. Booming. <laughs> yeah. It's booming, but it's also very competitive right now because I think a lot of um, senior people were yeah, laid off. And all the junior positions yeah. are going like to them now. Like being in a big city is a really difficult thing for tech because all tech people live in cities yeah um so like <laughs> scotland's really scotland's a really good place to work because the the field it doesn't matter what kind of field you're in it's pr the the pool is really small of oh, like how amazing. many people so work moving in to it. Scotland. so like yeah i think well i keep telling everyone like it's the best place um but it's, uh, it's, it's not as competitive, but like on a totally different scale to like being in huge cities, like, mm -hmm. like London jobs, I get fired up regularly, but you're probably one of like thousands. Oh, for Whereas sure. In Scotland. Yeah. In Scotland, like you're maybe one of a hundred. Yeah. Um, so you, yeah, your chances are far better. Um, so recently like UI has been more of my focus and I have recently started working with a guy who's gonna uh give me like more UX experience as well and like running workshops and stuff like that something I'm pretty interested in but we'll see how it goes like I think um in terms of having to like talk to people all the time I'm not sure how I'm gonna fare yeah <laughs> because honestly that's the worst it's the worst part of it <laughs> yeah as a designer, you like you yeah. learn to be very insular and like yeah. um your your whole day is like not you don't have to talk to anyone really. Um so like I've been in with him two days now and already he like he's on the he's on the, a call or doing a workshop like all the time. Whereas I'm so used to like going in and my working days like just designing. Yeah. And then 
you know, handing over maybe once a week or something like that. So it'll be an interesting like sidestep. Um, but I'm learning sprint and I've got a cool book to read about some guys, guys from Google Ventures on that. Um, and sprint's this sprint? idea of we are, yeah, yeah super it. cool. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, yeah, so we, it's quite, we it's actually easy worked. Read. Yeah, we we worked in that method throughout our entire program. So we did a whole bunch of cool. like, group ones, um, but they basically were all like sprint, um, sprint like yeah. loosely agile. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm reading up on lean now, like lean billing process. Okay. So those are okay. all like more workplace um, processes to pump out your ideas mm-hmm. as quickly as possible, so that you're getting that feedback. Um, yeah. So yeah. So I'm. It's Which funny. Is, we're basically like the opposite. I'm way stronger on the research side mm-hmm. than I am on the design yeah. side. So that's stuff that I've been working on is more on the like UI. Cool. Yeah. Um. So the pro the other project that I've got running just now is like quite top secret, but it's oh. um. It's a, it's essentially need it needs yeah. Yeah, it's not top secret in that thing. It's just that we've got NDAs in place and I can't yeah. talk about it or I'll get sued. Yep. So um, it's uh, the, the, we're at the stage where we've got a really useful social good thing and it needs a place to live and like someone to buy into it so that we can get it built because it, there's a huge market and it's this horrible thing where you've got like a really good problem to solve and we've solved it in theory and we can't we've got no commercial gain oh. there's no there's no there's no way to monetize it um ethically and like not just by like if we could just sell the data to people and they would be able to make money but that's not ethical do in that, any yeah. sense yeah. yeah you can't do that but hey it's a viable business model for some people like we've been speaking to some business like venture capitalists and stuff like that and the the actual data seems to be like what they're looking for absolutely like, if you're built if you're building an app like that's the product they don't I really think care. across <laughs> yeah across the business world that is what they're looking for is the data yeah like, which is a huge really thing grow, moon yeah. cycles yeah yeah like when I first got started and I had this like small idea, which is kind of where I'm back to now, it was fine. And I, and I just didn't really, there wouldn't be any need for anyone to have that data apart from the, the end user. Like it was only useful to them mm-hmm. and their like health. And when I started speaking to like bigger institutions, they're like, oh, no, 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 this data is like very useful for medical research. Absolutely. Like, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, but we're going to own that. <laughs> like, oh wait like how, how can you own it like it, it's it's like if, if you go to do a medical study right like say you're this is me just hypothetical right but say you go to do like a drug trial that study then owns the data from your trial yeah but what happens if you actually need that drug in the future like can you go and ask for your data hey i've taken part in this study this study and i need my data because i need to go to the doctors with it um this is where i mean i think it would be a different process i don't think that would be the way like if if it was like a drug test and it got approved and was like being manufactured and distributed to the public to be prescribed I don't think you would mm-hmm. be going back to the researcher to ask for your data so that you can go get your medication. You'd probably be just going to your doctor to ask for a prescription. Yeah. And you would divulge that information yeah. to your doctor. But in terms of like the data itself from a research point of view, like as a participant, you're usually signing off on the fact that yeah. your answers you don't, you don't and your participation it. is for them. And yeah. they will obviously it's respect those ethical lines that have to be. I think it's um, Estonia, mm, maybe not Estonia. There's some European country, I think it might be Estonia, that's like totally digital. Like if you have to go to the DMV or the like housing association or something like that, then you've essentially just got like a code number. Like we have national insurance numbers similar to yeah. that. Like 
that you turn up and then everything's there. Like you don't have to, there's there's no paper trail of you. It's just digital and like everything's linked. Honestly, when I was in Sweden, um, I was like floored at the whole process. Everything was, yeah, like all of my stuff was online. Like I did have to show up physically, but there wasn't a single Mm -hmm. piece of paper that I actually signed at any point and everything was online. So I feel like that like little northern area of Europe. Yeah. Little yeah. Scandinavia. Like they know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. I, and I was born, especially because I was going from like Germany, who just made everything so difficult. I don't think I yeah. sorted out in but the entire year I was in Germany. My actual, I don't think they even sorted it out. I think I left and was just like, well, guess you guys never figured it out. <laughs> it was fun living here for a year. <laughs> Sweden, it was like within yeah. my first week, it was like everything was like, done taking care of and I had my card legit yeah, yeah. and then it was the same yeah. in Greece but you know Greece it was like I left yeah, Greece. and it was like nothing got sorted out but okay <laughs> this was fun <laughs> yeah but they did that with everyone like <laughs> nobody nobody sorted anything no. in Greece um Australia was pretty streamlined I think like I I, my my friends they are they told me what I needed to have and I just essentially needed an address to get a yeah. bank account. And once I got the bank account, everything was sorted. Like, yeah, that's pretty good. Pretty, pretty streamlined. I mean, I've still got business running in Australia. <laughs> like, I never <laughs> did good. anything that's with it. I just, I just, yeah, I just registered myself as a, as a business person there and got a, got a business number, a trade number and all that. Can you never like, actually did take anything off contracts, with it. even though you're living in Scotland? But if you have a business <sighs> yeah, registered? Probably. Yeah, probably. Probably. It's pretty yeah. sweet for you. I don't see why not. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't done, I haven't done anything with it, but you know, might happen. Did you figure um, out um, the time zone sucks? Oh yeah, that would really, that's a huge time difference. Yeah, it's a big Did, one. Yeah. What happened with um? This is off topic, but New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Did you? Uh, it's it's dead. Yeah, it's oh, dead in the I'm water. Sorry. There's um, thanks so. It's um, there is a petition going for them to like grant access to people who yeah so if you were on shore when your when covid happened and your visa was expiring they were giving you an extra six months which might have been really cool if you were like in a like a flush position um and still had a job and you know that kind Mm -hmm. of thing but if you were on like a contract that ended and then you have six months in your visa and no way to leave the country and you've got no way to make money that's a fucking shit situation yeah. to be in. Oh yeah. And I do know one girl in Wellington right now who's doing that exact thing. Oh. Um and she's she's fucked. Like she's just like I mean, hostels closed. She yeah. could, there was, she had like there was nowhere for her to live. She had to take an apartment. Um and she's yeah, she's she can't make any money. Oh um, that's so sad. Yeah, it's scary, and I've got friends in Australia the now who's in like a, in a same sort of situation, um, with like sponsorship visa and, um, just like not being able, like she's works in a bar and the bar's closed. Yeah. So for the last six months, she's made no cash. Um, so yeah, it's like it, I, I'm kind of lucky, you know. I'm it's it's shit. It's a shit situation, and maybe like maybe they will go to Parliament, and Parliament will say, look, if you are offshore and your visa expired during this time will let you apply for another one even if you know because yeah. I'm, I'm at the end of the age group so like actually technically I'm not I'm too old now mm-hmm. um because I, I left it like the last possible minute to apply for it yeah. and, then was leaving, <laughs> and then I was leaving it to the last possible minute to actually enter the country um so I've kind of I've kind of like I took a chance and it didn't pay off. So yeah. um, maybe maybe in like a year's time they'll open the border and they'll let me apply for another working holiday. But yeah, maybe. I really don't. I yeah, I really don't know if it'll happen. I mean, they've got other things to think about just now. Yeah. And it was like the first few weeks when I saw the petition because I was really stressed about it because I hadn't booked my flight yet and like I really wanted to go. And then the first like few weeks of lockdown, I was looking at it like constantly. And I saw this petition on Reddit, which was a guy in the same boat as me. And, like, 
I thought, okay, yeah, I'm going to start sharing this, but it seems incredibly selfish right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I felt <laughs> incredibly petty. <laughs> like, right, okay, yeah. say this so that I've got a chance to live. <laughs> yeah, I, but I, I wasn't thinking Big Binder at all. It was very small that day. Um, so I shared it for like three days and then I was like, nah, come on, it's fine. Like, it'll figure itself out. And if yeah. it doesn't, you know, I can always go on a tourist visa. Yeah, and then maybe like, it wasn't meant to be for whatever reason. Yeah, well, Canada didn't let me in, so I'm saying oh, that no. about Canada as well. Well, I, I think I was too I late. Mean, I was think I was too late. Oh, yeah, I'm not planning on getting married I anytime think, like, soon. So if you want a marriage visa, we can just put that on paper. Cheers, mate. Yeah, <laughs> appreciate that. We'll put it. <laughs> I, I really appreciate I've that. I've been pimping out my marriage for for lots of people <laughs> who are out of the country. They're like, want to come? Want to come to Canada? I'm okay. Like, I feel like that's the only reason I'd ever get married is to help someone. <laughs> yeah. I, I really believe that. I think that's a great idea. Um, I don't really know what the situation would be for you come here. Like, I you were one of the first to get. No. Yeah. I don't know. What, I, you never hear about how hard it is to get a UK visa when you live here. Do you know what I mean? That's it must true. be fairly hard. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't really, I don't know anyone who's moved to the UK for work. Yeah. I know people who have I mean, moved for school, did, which but, is but completely different, but I don't actually know anyone who's done the yeah the work hop. Well, that's the thing, is that if I wanted to go and pay for Australia or New Zealand to study, I might actually be able to get a visa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, because I'm old now. Yeah, but it's like you're paying thousands of dollars. Oh, yeah. And I come from a country with free education, so like I don't believe in that mm-hmm. <laughs> at all. <laughs> at all. Um, <laughs> But I definitely know people who did that, like just extended their working holidays by like taking a like a few classes, yeah, paying for a few classes, like so your visa becomes like a couple of thousand pounds or thousand dollars or whatever. Um, it's an interesting way to live, that's for sure. I mean, I, I guess if um, you have the money, why not? But exactly, it's yeah. a lot of money. Um, okay, so a couple of questions that I absolutely want to ask uh, my guests on the podcast: What cycle day are you on? today oh do you know I can find that out for you I have a little app let me pull that up yeah and what app is that that you're using um I use Eve it's garbage it's absolute garbage it's for kids (laughs) yeah I like don't use it for anything other than tracking my days yeah so it's not I've got them all yeah 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 I've got them all and I try I'm trying to figure out like what's good about some of them what's not so good about others like they've they've all kind of got plus points um there's probably eight in the in my forerunners I've been user testing them for over a year now just to like really do my serious market research yeah um but Eve's one that I keep I keep the notifications on because they it's make so laugh. trash it's so trash I think it's just the one I think it was one of the only ones on the market when I looked so I've had Eve for like, I don't even know how many years, like probably oh. more than five or maybe around mm-hmm. five. But I feel like at the time there weren't a lot of options and yeah. I just never really, like I said, I'm Switched. only using it for the calendar part of it. So I never felt it. Yeah. Need. Yeah. And it does that. So fine, you, but you, yeah, you don't pay for the, the gems. No, I, I don't think it's pay, gems. I don't pay for anything. Yeah. But it likes to do may- all the time. Yeah, absolutely. It makes me laugh so much because it's always like, um, and it's it's very heteronormative. It's always like, oh yeah, please him in bed, uh, oh, yeah. and it's always a Saturday I'm night. I get these right now. At are you a penis genius? That's, <laughs> that's, that's the one I'm, I got last that's night. That's what I'm looking at right now. It's always yeah, it's very American centric. So yeah. I always get the notifications at like like I don't know like 9 p.m on a Saturday night they're always like late and I've maybe had a glass of wine and <laughs> they just make me buckle so much oh here's another one get a PhD in penis with the eggplant emoji that's fine <laughs> it's girl I literally never but ever browse this so I'm like oh this is fun yeah you should you absolutely should like sometimes it's quite nerve-wracking for me because like I see so it's quite te- it's quite young focused, it is, it and then is. you'll get like a really out there. How do you not know that question by probably like a nineteen year old? Something like um, 
should I take my tampon out before I have sex? Oh, no. Something like that. And it freaks me out. Like, in this day and age, this is my mission, is for girls to never have to ask those questions. Like, we should know. Like, from leaving high school, you should know you always take a tampon out before you have sex. Absolutely. Honestly, like, I recently had a conversation with... um, I guess I respect the privacy, but I recently had a conversation with someone who is, she, she's gotta be like 21. Um, she's just, just graduated, um, from her undergrad and is going into her like post-grad. Um, Mm -hmm. but I was like floored that she like asked me this question, but she was like asking me about plan B. She just started Mm -hmm. dating like this guy and I was like, I mean, yeah, use it if it's like, if you really feel like you've, you've, yeah, like you've missed the mark and what, and she's like, oh, I've taken it like three times this month. And I was like, oh, okay, we need Whoa. to have a, we need to have a conversation. And I'm like, you cannot be doing that. Like it's called plan B for a reason and it should not be your primary, your primary birth control like that is not okay and I'm like in my mind I'm like you are a fully educated like went to like one of the best like had one of the best educations you could possibly have in Canada and you're 21 and you're telling me that you're relying on plan b as your birth control I was like, yeah. And she was like, well, why, like, why, like, why I'm not. And I was like, listen, I'm like, that stuff, the purpose of plan B is to rock your cycle. It is completely Mm -hmm. tilting your hormones. Like you probably feel super nauseous. You probably like hated your life. You probably were not feeling good. And she's like, oh, this explains so much. And I'm like, okay, so you took it without (laughs) even knowing what it was. No. And you took it three times in like a month. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah plan b's uh, uh the same as we've got levanol here okay. so I, it's, it's it delays so you i think you've got a three-day window for plan yes. b yeah so it delays ovulation three by three days that's it like that's all it does but by doing that it's like you're constantly knocking on a set of hormones that you shouldn't have Absolutely. for that long like your body is regulating itself and you should not be you should not be yeah. doing that to your body on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, I recently started the mini pill again. Um, I don't know. So I've actually and, never um, taken birth control. Well, I have, I have like a horrendous, like original period story. And I started, I had Yasmin, which was like discontinued. I had it yeah. for like a decade. Oh, and no. because I, I live in the middle of nowhere, they had an endless supply of it, and I was apparently the only person in the fucking <laughs> country that was getting it still. And when I moved to the city, I didn't really take a do- I didn't get a doctor for years because I didn't really like I didn't have any regular reason to see a doctor. And um, they didn't even I didn't get my blood pressure taken after like five years. I think it was six years on the pill before someone took my blood pressure. And it was, it's madness, right? I love the NHS. I don't, this is not a slur on the NHS, right? But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but my my Edinburgh doctor and my like city doctor was like, what, why are you on this pill? I'm like, well, I don't know. I've just always been on that pill. She's like, one, you're a migraine sufferer. You should never have been on a combined pill. And two, like this pill has been discontinued and like four years ago and you're too late to even put in a claim on the on the court case because oh, it ended. No. <laughs> I was like, are you serious? I can't even say something about this. So I got put on the mini pill then and it was, so mini pill is progesterone only. Combined pill has got estrogen in it and mm-hmm. if you're a migraine sufferer, you shouldn't be taking no. estrogen. Yeah. Um, and... So the progesterone only, the first one that I got was called Cerizet, and I was on it for maybe eight months, something like that, and I was fucking mental. Yeah. There was a lot of other stuff going on in my life at that time. Um, so recently I was like, okay, I've been... I, so I stopped it after about those eight months, and um, I hadn't been on any contraception for, like, four years. And then recently I was came to, like, that I probably should try again, and I thought I'll go back for this mini pill, but I'll try a different brand. Um, I am not mental. I'm feeling incredibly like calm and actually quite 
like I imagine it's kind of what like an antidepressant feels like like I'm not like I'm numb but I'm like flat like my cycle is very up and down yeah yeah Yeah. my cycle is very up and down regularly like my hormones change often I notice it I can tell exactly where I am with how I'm feeling I'm not getting that this is just I'm about halfway into month two and I've been I've been like very uh stable and balanced (laughs) the whole month (laughs) it's not it's not a good thing or a bad thing it's just like I've definitely noticed like there's a lot of cushioning yeah Yeah. a lot of bounce room at the moment um and but I'm I'm spotting like constant I think it takes a while though I think to takes like three months apparently three or four months yeah. to like even out but this is the first time that I've had spotting I've never really had it before um and I'm just a bit annoyed with it to be honest because yeah, the reason that you take the pill is so that you can have sex and if you're spotting and you're like not, not that sure. I'm having sex yeah but, <laughs> but like if I'm spotting that like why I wouldn't want to have sex like if it's just a fucking it's just like it defeats the purpose like yeah surely we've got better research now like sure though there's better yeah, for a different solution <laughs> yeah 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 I mean, i'm thinking about a coil why... oh okay so i know a whole bunch of people who did the is that iud do you guys call it a coil yes an iud yeah yeah i know a yeah, lot of people yeah. i know a lot of people who have an iud um and they all swear by it and love it yeah i think yeah. that's my next step yeah um with the mini pill you really need to nail when you're taking it so like you've got a three-hour window um to take it within so it's like very specific so like if you forget one day till like dinner time you probably fucked it not that you're not protected but your chances of spotting go through the roof yeah because it's the urine lining gets so thin that it just can't you can't hang on to it it just comes out and you can't do anything (laughs) so the whole month like you're just waiting and then oh it just starts falling out and I noticed it because because I tracked my cycle so like diligently it was just after I was fertile I started spotting oh like, no the day after yeah, so, so you have like maybe a five-day break yeah so it's then. like <laughs> your hormones are holding on to it until you've got the egg and then as soon as that egg's gone it's like fuck it I'm not holding on to it anymore and I'm just gonna dribble it out for two whole weeks oh. until you get your period it's frustrating, but I know what it's doing. Like, and I, I just just think, could I? Can I be bothered waiting for three months to find out if this is going to stop or not? And I really don't think I can. Yeah, <laughs> I, really I mean, my yeah, my thing with the pill, it's sorry, um, it's always just seemed really strange to me, which is why I never did it. Yeah. Um, I remember like when we were, whenever it was that I learned about it, probably like high school. I remember mm-hmm. thinking like, this can't be right. Like, yeah. I don't really feel like putting a pill in my body, which changes my natural, like, chemical balance. And I totally understand and respect girls who do it because they have that, like, some people have ragey periods and it levels it off and it makes their life so much easier. And I totally get that. But I've always had, like, a very... I've been super, super lucky in that department, but very Mm -hmm. consistent period. Like I am a 28 day cycle and I get it that day and it lasts me exactly yeah. the time that it does. And then it's gone. Like, yeah. Um, and I think there are enough alternatives out there on the like pregnancy front to like deal with that mm-hmm. in a different way. Um, I'm yeah, on cycle absolutely. day 21, by the way. 21. 21. So yeah. I was going to check my days. Yeah. I'm like f- day f- 24. So periods in four days. Yeah. But right now I've got actual no idea if that's accurate, <laughs> accurate yeah. or not. Yeah. No fucking idea. It's quite frustrating to be honest. It is. Like yeah, it's I I, I'm I'm not such a like a grossed out person, so but I do know people who wear a pad every single day. Like a panty liner at least. What? Every single day. Of yeah. their lives? Oh, this is like two people that are very close to me, I know wear a, at least a panty liner every single day of their lives because, they because they're scared of spotting yeah so oh. one of them um, one of them has takes 
progesterone for endometriosis. Mm. So your spotting comes from the progesterone for sure. Yeah. But the other one has the implant. And the implant oh, is okay. uh, highly irregular for me. I, I don't understand it. How can it work for three years and be as inconsistent with you? The same as the pill, like same as the mini pill, is as inconsistent as actually holding your fucking uterine lining in. I can't do it. Yeah. It's you, It's like a, a surgical operation to it get is. it in and out. Yeah. You can't just go to your regular G, like GP nope. to get it's it done. Definitely. Yeah, I think we can scrap that. As, who does it work for? I've never met anybody that it works for surely we can scrap it as a, as a method um, um are you sorry are yeah. you talking about when you say implant is that maybe that's an mm-hmm. iud is that what you're talking about no implant is like a little stick that goes in your arm and it oh. spurts out hormones yeah do you oh. not have that oh no we you know what i just don't i only know one person who's ever done that yeah yeah i, I think they, they anybody were pushing else that yeah yeah mm-hmm. no i know a few people that had it um and through I think three different people like very close to me that have had it that all had a terrible time with it um but because it was such a long lasting like you don't have to think of it thing it was getting like yeah pushed on people because you know it's a really apparently effective way to not be pregnant but it doesn't keep your menstrual cycle in any form that you can understand or recognize or predict (laughs) or plan around um which is like that kind of way of contraception being like more important than having like good menstrual wellness is fucking annoying i'm just yeah i'm baffled by it so i'm thinking about an iud and i'm going to do a bit of research i have a friend Mm -hmm. who's got one and she likes it i have a lot Um, i know a lot of people who have it and yeah i I think i would try yeah, the only mm-hmm. negative I've really heard is like the first the first one that you get is and not not all yeah. of them had the same feedback, but some women that find it like incredibly painful. And there is like a recovery yeah. period after. Yeah. Um, but all of the women I know who have it, they said it definitely gets easier each time. Mm-hmm. And it's like ten years as well. It's like a long time to not have to think about it. Um and I would go for non-hormonal, I think, because you've got that option. Yes, you do. And I like I like my hormones. Yep. Same. Like I'm so, I've, <laughs> I've started taking some yeah, I've started taking some supplements to um just to like balance me a little bit. So I'm taking magnesium and B6 and B6 is like a hormone regulator. Okay. So I'm I'm I was doing that before I started the pill. And I felt really nice. Like the the edges were not as edgy. The my PMS definitely lightened. Oh, that's good. Um, but then once I started, like I maybe only had like a month. I I do this all the time where I get like really excited about one thing, and then I like I start making I see some changes, but then there's more than one variable, and then I can't yep. see what made <laughs> the change. And so so I'm taking this B6 and magnesium and like cod liver oil and just like nice things. I'm making like good habits. So supplements is one of those things. But now I've chucked in the pill there and it just like is clouding my data and I might just get rid of it because it's not <laughs> yeah. It's not really helping me. Yeah. Um it's not really helping me. I've not had sex and I'm fucking on a, a small amount of period every single day. So oh, no, for like two not- whole weeks. It's been like two whole weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know if that's worth it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. No. Yeah, um, I do a couple so supplements, yeah. but so I do one of the Bs, but I do B12. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm big on like the vitamin D cuz that one for me is yeah. like a big mood one. Um yeah. and then I do like omega. I think that's all I do. And collagen just cuz my back is fucked. Yeah. <laughs> how how's your back been are you still seeing a chiropractor and stuff yeah I still go to yeah I still go to a physiotherapist um okay and I found a new RMT they got a new RMT in-house and he is an angel he has nice. made a world of difference I, so I've been doing like a sort of like I'll go see him first and then see my physiotherapist after and like the the tag team has been 
doing wonders. So amazing. <laughs> um, I'm yeah, glad to hear that. I'm glad. That's been good. So that's one of those things where I'm like, well, that was the universe intervening in a yeah. protective way. Like, imagine my back wasn't, and I was, I'm really glad I'm not part of a police force right now. Let's just say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Camille was going to be a Mountie um, for everyone, and um, and she got really serious back pain, really serious back pain, um, which stopped her from taking the medical, um, which I get. Uh, yeah it's intervening like sometimes when like really shitty things happen it takes a few months a year to actually see that gosh like that was a good sidestep yeah um and yeah Mountie and probably New Zealand for me that might that might be yep yeah actually pretty on on topic so I went to as we were dealing with my back, my physiotherapist suggested mm-hmm. going to see a pelvic floor therapist um, okay. because the area of my back that's having issues is anatomically very connected to my like pelvic health. Mm-hmm. So I, do you know what a, a pelvic floor therapist sort of does? No. No. So they basically are a physiotherapist, but for your insides. So there's a whole bunch of muscles that lie on like internally um some of which sort of connect around or put pressure can put pressure on like your tailbone area and so for me it's my lower back that has an Mm -hmm. issue so my physiotherapist suggested making an appointment with a pelvic floor uh floor therapist so I went to see her so basically like she she explains what she's about to do so she like goes in with her finger and she basically like pushes on all of these little muscles that are like pretty close to like your opening. Like it's not really deep. They're sort of like, wow. Just around when you yet. said in there, I was like, I- I'm not getting this. And she's in. Yeah. Yeah. She goes in. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like a, wow. yeah. Cause my physiotherapist was like, I don't do that. It's like a very particular specialization. Mm-hmm. And I think it's mm-hmm. pretty awesome because I think women's health in general well, has historically yeah. been neglected. I mean, we know that. It's not absolutely it's not a thought yeah. fact. Um, so yeah, so she goes in and she like was pushing on these two things and she or she like tests like a few different things. She like basically leaves her finger in there and asks you to do like exercises. So she tests like yeah. your your strength. Um, but she found so I obviously I'm not a medical professional, so don't quote me on this, but Basically, you have, like, I can't quite remember what she called it, but, like, right around sort of, like, near the opening, you have, like, your, it's Mm -hmm. called, like, a bowl, and it's lined with muscles. So, at the top, it would be your bladder. Mm -hmm. And then, sort of, if you went around, like, a clock, so from, like, 1 to 11, you have a whole bunch of different muscles that connect to different areas in that area of your body. Mm -hmm. So she starts at like one and she kind of just starts pressing and she's like, let me know if you feel any pain. So she kind of started at the top. She's like, I won't press up because that's your bladder and I don't want to make you pee. Mm -hmm. So she kind of starts going. (laughs) So she's like, I'm going to start at one and basically like go around to 11. So she started at one and started going down. And then when she hit like around four or five, I was like, oh my gosh. And it was, she's like, your muscles are so tight down here. And she's like, and that is that area directly correlates to the parts of your back that are having an issue. So she went through all of these like assessments with me, like in terms of my breathing, my like control, like my Kegel control, my pelvic, which is your pelvic floor Mm -hmm. would be your Kegels. Um, So she went through a bunch of those and she was like, you're really strong, but she's like, what your issue is, is that you're never fully relaxing so yeah. your it's your pelvis that is constantly working and your pelvis is now tired. So she's like, you need to learn to coordinate to and sync your pelvis with your back. So when you're doing your exercises, you need to make sure like you are fully like releasing because you probably think you are, but you're not. So she went through all of wow. these like breathing techniques with me and like, it's a lot of mental work. So she's like, sounds weird, but like, you need to like, think about it because if you don't think about it, you're not going to feel yourself doing it. It's not like a bicep where you can like do a curl and you see your muscle activate. 
So she's like, so we need to coordinate the way that your abs and your pelvis are working together so that your back isn't taking all of the load. So she's like, your abs are great and you've been working on your core, but the one of the missing pieces here is that your pelvis does such a, is it such a huge part of your core and it often gets missed. So we need to make sure we work that in and we coordinate how your abs, your pelvis and your back are working together. Yeah. So incredible. Crazy. What kind of exercises are you doing? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, the pelvis is massive. So like when, when we're thinking about like, not just like childbirth and how much it splits open, right? Oh yeah. But all of your, um, all of your uh, your female erectile network is connected to the muscles that run up to the base of your back mm-hmm. because there's two the I think it's the vagus nerve the vagus nerve runs right down through your the bottom of your spine I'm gonna sound like I really know what I'm talking about here but I don't I, <laughs> disclaimer I'm, yeah disclaimer not a doctor um the vagus nerve is attached to your clit essentially so when you with you orgasm and it's a clitoral one like not like a like a not internal clitoral one like a external one you have more chance of like jerking forwards like your whole body moves and that's because your vagus nerve is attached directly so you're like you're like jerk for like your like your spine flips because it's like (laughs) it's getting uh, contracted and I've, it's something that I remember like years ago when like how does that fucking work but now I kind of know like is that but um there's loads of like I don't know what kind of exercise I'll ask you in a second but there's like there's loads of um solar plexus breathing that I do like within uh, some meditations and with some yoga where you're essentially thinking of like a big ball of like orange light. This is, it sounds really wanky, but you think, you think of a big ball of orange light and it's pulsing and this ball of orange light essentially um, floats above between like your root chakra, which is like, like what probably what, where your, these like, muscles are. Yeah. Um, and like uh, it's, it's such a empowering thing to envision, but it's one of the things that I didn't think I was going to get into with chakras. And I've had some like really great experiences with like releasing tension and these kind of and like um, guided meditations where you're like vi- visualizing balls of light pulsing and that they essentially get bigger and bigger, so big that they just burst open. Like you're releasing this unwanted energy when you're, holds in these muscles and I'm wondering if that's like something that might might be like a little add-on that you could do for fun yeah Um, I mean I think a lot of a lot of what she like went over it's basically the same thing just without the ball of light (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) I was talking (laughs) I was talking to a guy recently about doing this podcast and stuff like that and he's like do you tell people that the moon affects you and I'm like, no, what I tell them is that by paying attention to the moon, you make a change in your life. Like you make a positive change. Yeah. Like I'm not saying that the moon's like pulling Control you in us. any way. I'm yeah. Not, yeah, it's not, your gravity is not enough. We're too small. Like, but what I'm saying is, is like by opening up to these kinds of like other than you experiences, like it's, you're tapping into like a a more collective consciousness Absolutely. by thinking about something that's bigger than you. It's the same way religion works. We're just trying not to like control people. It's like your own experience. Yeah, while we do it. Um, so disclaimer: like chakras probably aren't real, but it's a good place <laughs> in your body it's to a think about. It's a belief. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And um, but you can make like real physical change by like thinking about muscle and trying to like breathe into it which is another thing we do in yoga which sounds mental yeah. like breathe into your butt yeah I'm doing it but like am I doing it I'm not really doing it like <laughs> breath isn't get reaching there but I'm thinking about that muscle and I'm letting it go and I'm trying to give calm and thoughts to it yeah yeah that and is, it's and it's it and, it, and it, it does work that definitely works I did yoga for a really long time up until my back yeah decided to stop being my friend but so what kind of exercises yeah what kind of exercises are you doing for your back I have to do like the most basic um my like core ones are 
it's like the equivalent of a cobra just without the flow but mm-hmm. it requires a lot of concentration because I can't just like a lot of people when they're doing a cobra in yoga they're kind of just being like very loose about it I have to be mm-hmm. like very focused and concentrate on only using certain muscles when I do it mm-hmm. um, because if I use too much arm then I'm putting too much strain on my back so it has it's a very yeah. particular kind of cobra um, a lot of uh, like bridge mm-hmm. so sort of like activating that like glute hip area yeah. and it's like to, the closest inversion you can get without like getting crazy upside ex- down as well exactly like, yeah um yeah basically the bulk of the exercises I have to avoid like hinging forward at like a 90 degree okay um so most of this stuff is floor stuff I do a lot of like squats there's a lot of squatting mm-hmm. um a lot of like clam, you know, like clamshells. Do you know what dead bugs are? No. So dead bugs are that's like mostly an ab workout. So you lie on your back. So you're lying on your back. You lift your legs up so that they're at like a ninety degree angle, and you can do two at a time, or you can do one one leg at a time. But you basically want to like keep your back to the ground as flat as you can so that you're keeping your abs engaged and you tap down your leg so you hold you I do one leg at a time so I hold the one leg up and then I tap down one leg and then bring it back up um they sound a lot easier than they are but they're actually really really hard (laughs) yeah um have you thought about pilates yeah so we're working up to that right now I'm doing bar I don't know if you know what bar is so no. bar is a low impact workout, um, sort of inspired by ballet, just without the heinous oh, okay. body manipulation that exists. Um, yeah. but, <laughs> um, but you're basically doing a lot of um, like micro um, isolated movements. It's like an isometric workout. And oh. so it's really, really tiny, um, focused movement so you're not do it looks like you're not doing a lot to someone who's observing you or like what the hell are you doing but it burns and it it's amazing and it it avoids me having to use the parts of me that are a little more on the sensitive side yeah a lot of standing um as opposed to like you know lifting weights or like twisting which are things that I have to avoid for the time being so I've been doing bar um but I that is Pilates is like my next step once I'm yeah. in a good spot, I'm um, I'm doing a bit of work with a girl who does Pilates. I used to, I used to work with her in an agency like years ago, and she's quit her job and she's going full time doing Pilates. So it's something that I'm like, I did my first class like in lockdown. I feel like Zoom. you would love Pilates. Um, it was quite interesting. Yeah, I was sore. I was much oh, yeah. sore than I've ever been coming out of yoga. Like definitely. Yeah. Um, I feel like Pilates is almost I, like yoga on like a more weight like I feel like some of them are very similar doing yoga gives you a really good foundation for Pilates yeah yoga I think's more calming like I don't Pilates (laughs) felt like no Pilates is a workout workout. yeah I felt like I was I put on a shift I was agony the next day I could barely get down the stairs my thighs it's always the tops of my thighs that are like they're just they apparently, apparently they don't do any work at all and when I do a tiny little bit I'm dying yeah um but yeah yoga I never I never really break a sweat in yoga but I need it for my head like yeah um I mean I think that's a lot of like the there is like a danger to yoga um if you're not practicing it properly and you just happen to be flexible you're not necessarily strengthening yourself which can yeah. lead to oh, injury definitely. yeah which can definitely lead to injury which might actually be part of why I ended up in the spot that I did (laughs) (laughs) I mean I was doing headstands my whole life and I wasn't until so I I didn't take yoga classes and like properly until uh I came home and this woman that was uh that was teaching me that I, I actually got my first class with her again on Monday night but um she was teaching me at the time and she did a headstand workshop and I'm like I can fucking do a headstand I've been doing them my whole life and she's like 
everything you're doing is terrible. You're going to give yourself serious injury. You'll never be able to move your neck again. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. <laughs> I've been doing them the same way since I was like four years old. Like I can guarantee you I've never changed it. Um, but now I've learned how to do it properly and I'm not going to like be like a crippled old lady, hopefully. Yeah. Um, yeah, you definitely need to start like, to go with yoga. Aye, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um. But I'm I'm hoping like she's gonna ease us back in. We're doing it in a poly tunnel, like a sheep, a, a sheep thing. I don't even know we can, what that we is. Can't go it's like a poly style. It's like a like a kind of arch that's long that's covered, but it's got like straw in it. Okay. <laughs> it's got straw on the floor, like hay. So we can't go back into our hall because it's a council building and like our area is in like very strict lockdown. Oh, I just fairly strict. It. Yeah, lockdown. I know. I think they're. Is it Yeah, It's for growing plants and yeah, keeping sheep. Like, oh, I've like seen these. Yeah. I know these. <laughs> We got lots of these here in Canada. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I bet you do. So yeah, we're doing our yoga in there Monday night for the first time in months. So I'm really oh, looking forward fun. to that. Oh, it might be like a hot yoga yeah. thing situation. It gets like hot yeah, enough in there and small Scotland. enough. Scotland. Yeah, it's Scotland. It's not <laughs> true. <laughs> I forgot. So welcome to the first episode of the Mooniverse. Um, I hope you enjoyed listening to Camille and I catch up um, talking about orgasmic cups and hormones ditching the pill or sexy supplements and I think most importantly and that one is something that I learned was about pelvic floor therapy um, I would love to hear from anyone else who has experience with that um, yeah really interesting so I just want to say thanks to Camille um, and yeah thank you for listening <laughs>